Hello, this is Cody Sturgill, the pastor at Chilhowee Baptist Church, and you're listening to Keep Thy Heart Daily, a daily broadcast ministry of the Chilhowee Baptist Church. The Bible commissions us to keep our heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. It's so important we put God's Word into our hearts and our lives, and we pray that this message from God's Word will be a blessing and help to you. such a heart for God that even the man who was in charge of the armies who had robbed her from her home and had slaved her in his home, she was burdened for his soul. She said, would to God, Naaman would go to the prophet in Samaria. So they get word. By the way, here's another testimony. Don't ever underestimate the power of a personal witness. Hey, you be faithful to tell people about Jesus because you never know where your witness may end up. The witness of that little slave girl, it went from her mouth to the ears and heart of her mistress, from the mistress to a servant, and the servant to the master himself, Naaman. And you know what happened? God moved in his heart. And Naaman said, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to go just see. So he calls and talks to, he has a uh, conversation with the, the king, calls for the king. I don't think he picked up his iPhone or anything and called the king. But he calls for the king and has audience with the king. The king sends letters. Now look, you've got to remember, Naaman's going into enemy territory to get help from, he assumed he'd get help through the king, through to Elijah. Well, Elisha, I should say. Isn't it funny to think about that these folks, uh, Naaman and his king, they thought that somehow the king of Israel had power or wooing power over Elisha. He didn't know Elisha very well, did he? Elisha didn't bow to the king. (laughs) I kind of like his uh, bravado. I like his spirit, you know, Elisha. So they send a letter to the king. The king gets the letter and sees all the gifts, and he's scared to death. And Elisha, by the way, Elisha's at home. He never leaves home during this whole process. Elisha's at home and understands what's going on in the king's palace. I'm encouraged by that. You know, there's never a time when God's servants do not know what they need to know. We can rest in the fact that God guides us. Oh, you don't have to worry about being in the dark when you're led by the Spirit. And Elisha knew what was happening. Elisha understood and knew and heard that the king had rent his garments because he was afraid that this was some type of act of war, some plan or scheme to harm his nation again. And Elisha sends word, don't rend your clothes. Send him to my house. So here's what happens. Naaman's already made the 100-mile trip from his home to the home of Elisha. When he gets there with his $4.5 million worth of gold and $310,000 worth of silver and 10 changes of raiment and servants and an entourage, when he gets there, he expects a kingly greeting, but what does he get? <laughs> Elisha sends his servant out. I've just got in my mind, I'm sure it's not just how it was, but I've got in my mind's eye, Elisha's kicked back in his recliner. And he says, just go take care of that for me if you would. So his servant goes out of Elisha's presence, out to meet Naaman, this very powerful man. 
who expects bugles to blow and to be received with the dignity of a man that is second in command of a nation. But instead, the servant of Elisha goes out and he says, Hey, look, man, here's what you got to do. You got to go down to the Jordan River and dip seven times. <laughs> so Naaman's like, All right, that's great. No, not at all. As a matter of fact, Naaman just gets so angry. It's 32 miles from Elisha's house to the Jordan, for one. They've already traveled 100. It's 32 miles to the Jordan. So they're going to make, he says, go to the Jordan. Not only was it 32 miles to the Jordan, but the Jordan is a nasty place anyway. And Naaman says, hey, look, if I'm just going to go dip in a river, I could go down to Farpar. It's an interesting name for a river, isn't it? It's better. That wasn't the point. So the Bible says in verse 10, Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. But Naaman was wroth and went away and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. Old Naaman, man, he had it fixed in his mind how God would work. He said, I could just see it. I knew what he was going to do. He would, I knew that that prophet, and he just, I'm sure he imagined a prophet in some type of priestly, prophety clothing to walk out and put on some type of magic show. He said, I knew, I thought he would surely come out and stand and call in the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. Verse number 12, are not? Abana and Farpar, rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel. May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in rage. Hmm. You know what happened? He came to hear from God. He came to get God's direction and God's healing. He came to get God's peace. He came to let God do a work in his heart. But when God asked him to do something menial, and small, and regular. His response was, I thought it would look different. I thought it would feel different. I thought it would be different. The truth of the matter is, Naaman was puffed up with pride. He was overcome by anger. And I'll have you know something. God cannot work in the heart of a person is full of themselves. And Naaman's angry. He turned and went away in rage. Unfortunately, I'm afraid there are lots of saved people who God wants to use in a big way who because it doesn't feel like they've got something big to do right now, they get mad at God and walk away in rage. But I'll just tell you something. Your pride stands in the way of you being what God has saved you to be. And you can't be what God wants you to be if you're too proud to do something that you feel like is small. Look who God uses to speak some sense into the heart of old Naaman. Old Naaman, this whole passage is getting a lesson in humility. Where did he hear about the prophet Elijah in the first place? A slave girl. 
And now his mind is a horn. The Bible says in verse 13, And his servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee do some great thing, wouldst thou not have done it? How much rather then when he saith unto thee, Wash and be clean. I love that phrase. If the prophet had bid thee do some great thing. Folks, we make a terrible mistake when somehow we deceive ourselves into believing that God's will is some great thing in the future. Uh Uh-uh. That's not how God uses people. That's not how God raises up preachers and missionaries. That's not how God raises up godly parents, mothers and fathers. That's not how God raises up wonderful churches. That's not how God does His work. He's not going to give you an opportunity to strut your stuff and do God's will at the same time. But I will tell you this. When you will be willing to do the little things in obedience to the Lord. Faithfully attend church. Read your Bible. Pray. Witness to the people that are around you right now. Live the Christian life. Determine to live a principled life. When you'll do those little things, those simple things, when you'll humble yourself and you'll do the seemingly insignificant things that God has clearly taught you. Then you know what God does? Step by step and day by day and incidents of obedience after incident of obedience after incident of obedience. You know what it leads to? A life that is invested in something that matters for eternity and God gives you the opportunity to do something great. It's wonderful. These servants put put Naaman in his place. The Bible says in verse 14, Then went he down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. What happened? When he obeyed the Lord, When he did something that was seemingly insignificant and small and contrary to what he had anticipated, but just in obedience. When he dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, guess what happened? He came out clean. You see, God blesses simple obedience. These folks didn't start their Christian life going to the Dominican Republic. They started their Christian life just trying their best to be faithful to God. No doubt struggling and failing along the way because that's the story of all of us. But I want to encourage you to have the Spirit. When God asks you to do something, obey Him. Do it. It's simple. When they obeyed God, He was clean. Look at the Bible says, verse 15. I think it's kind of interesting. And he returned to the man of God, he and all his company. Guess what happened? He went out of his way again. And remember, he'd come 100 miles to the man of God. He'd gone 32 miles to the Jordan River. 
He could have gone back to the house. But instead, he said, you know what? I need to tell the man thank you. He made the 32-mile trip back to Elisha. He returned to the man of God, he and all his company, and came and stood before him. And he said, Behold, now I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. Now therefore I pray thee, take a blessing, I servant. He said, As the Lord liveth before whom I stand, I will, not, I will receive none. And he urged him to take it, but he refused. What happened? He came back to thank Elisha, to give him the gift. And you know what he found out? The grace of God, the peace of God, the blessing of God, it's all free of charge. It just requires one thing, obedience. There's a little song. I used to sing it in the dorm with my, when I was a dorm supervisor at Crown College, a bunch of snotty-nosed preacher boys. I said, let's sing our song, boys. And some of them were proud and intellectual geniuses in their own idea. So let's sing our song, boys. You ready? And we'd sing it. O-B-E-D-I-E-N-C-E. Obedience is the very best way to show that you believe. Now spell it. O-B-E-D-I-E-N-C-E. Obedience is the very best way to show that you believe. Now, I want you to know something. You may not experience a lightning bolt from heaven, God speaking in a cloud and telling you to do something great this year. But I believe God can do something great with you if you'll just do the simple things you already know to do and obey Him. Obey Him. <laughs> Some big thing. That's silly. Let's just obey God and let him put the pieces together because he's building something in your heart and life and your world that he's going to use for his glory. Let's pray. We trust this message from God's Word has been a help to you. We're studying through the people of the Bible. And I want to let you know of a resource we have available at Chilhowee Baptist Church. It is a sermon series on the people of the Bible. Volume 1, the first 13 sermons of this series are available in full length. You can get those by reaching out to us at chillhowiebaptist.com.